Welcome to the Janet Jackson Podcast. Janet today, Janet tomorrow, Janet forever. The podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's pleasure principle. My name is Courtney and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam and it's been a while cuz. It's been a minute. I missed you. (laughs) I missed you too. (laughs) Where you been? (laughs) A lot has happened since we've been apart. We got a little to talk about. Let's get to yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. So I guess a couple days ago in a press release, uh, Janet's new distributor, Sync, announced that Made For Now is soaring up the charts and radio playlists in Latin America. The song made it to number one in Mexico. But according to the found, co-founder of Sync, it was their suggestion that Janet go back and record a Latin version, singing her verses in Spanish, and then getting Daddy Yankee to add a new verse as a way to push her into a younger market and particularly into the Latin American market. Right. So I think it's working. I mean, first of all, I love this version. I don't want to say it too loud, but I like it better than the original version. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's good, though. It just feels different. I don't know how to explain it. They both feel good, but this one just got a little extra. Mm. Yes. That, uh. <laughs> yeah, it got a little extra. Mm. And I'm glad that Sync actually suggested it to the record label because it makes me feel more comfortable that they are not looking just at one demographic in one area. They're thinking globally. And everybody knows that Latin music is hot right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they're actually looking out for her best interest to make sure that she can maximize her exposure and gear up for the next single that's supposed to drop and album. Yeah, they sneaked that in on the press release (laughs) as well. I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. They said in the coming year. So (laughs) they no no longer pointing us to specific seasons. (laughs) They're just like, it's coming. You'll get it when you get it. (laughs) Now, we got to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tickets. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready. (laughs) Now, the tickets will be available February. Yeah, February 1st to the public. But a pre-sale for members happened around, I think, January 24th. I know you got to tell what happened because I know... I'm not even know. I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it. Like <laughs> it was the most stressful hour of my life. Share what's going on. Okay, so I log on. You know, the pre-sale starts at 10 a.m. and the it's been a weird process anyway. So like they kept sending all these emails with your pre-sale code, but they weren't even really telling you when the pre-sale was going to start. So then. Mm. They sent another email like, okay, pre-sale will be announced on X date. And then they sent another email on that date like, okay, the pre-sale will be this date. So I'm like, okay. So, girl, I put a notice on my Outlook. (laughs) This is a job. (laughs) So I could get online and get ready. And so, you know how Outlook gives you the 15-minute warning? Mm -hmm. So at 15 minutes, I opened my app to get ready. I didn't know that you could go into a pre-room, like a waiting room, because that... That didn't happen the last time I tried to purchase tickets. So it was like, you can enter the queue and get in line. And then when tickets go on sale, you'll have your place in line. I was like, okay, cool. So 9.45, I get in line. I go back to working, you know, because I am employed. I'm doing work. And my app does this little chime thing. So I look down and girl, the app is auto updating and it won't (laughs) let me go on. (laughs) So it kicks me out of the room. It's like mandatory update and I get kicked out of line. 
So now I'm like, okay, don't panic because it's still not 10 o'clock yet. So just log back in, get back in line or whatever. When I logged back in and got back in line, I was 1600th. You was, wait a minute, you was what? 1600th. One, six, (laughs) zero, zero. So I'm like, no sweat because God's got it. So um, (laughs) you said God's got it. So I'm like, no biggie. So I wait, you know, I'm going back to working and it does this little chime thing. I look back up and it's like you're the next one in line. So I get in there and I just start clicking. Right. Like they show you the seats. And when I got in there, there was not very much like there was nothing, basically. Um, But every time I would click on something like, oh, there's two there. Click, click. Try to go check out. It's like, oh, sorry. Another fan beat you to him. (laughs) Somebody you ain't even seen. (laughs) So I go back into the room, click, click, hit checkout. Sorry, another fan has beat you to them. I did this like four or five times where I like click the tickets, put them in my cart, try the checkout, and then the tickets weren't available. And so then after all of that, after all like the, I'm calling them normal seats because I think I text you. I was like, these tickets to sit in like the first section, not even on the floor, but kind of like the first section, it was like $256. Mm -hmm. And then like up, uh, like level two, um, I didn't see any seats in the 100 levels, but in the 200 levels, they was like 113 or something like 130, something like that. Anyways, so I was like, look, I don't even care. I just want to be in the building. So I'm just clicking, just clicking, just clicking. Because, you know, usually my philosophy is I like to see people's teeth. But then I had to remind myself that this isn't just Janet. Uh-huh. Some of their teeth it's- I don't need to see. So-, <laughs> so I'm like, just get in the room. Just get in the room. So I'm clicking everything, girl. I'm clicking the like last seat in the last row. It got snatched from me before I could check out. So just I was just like, OK, forget it. It's pre-sale. I'll try again when they go on sale regular or, you know, push comes to shove. Maybe I'll get them on the secondary market. So I was like, just whatever. I'm fine. But then when I find out, like, nobody got tickets, like, a lot of people were trying and very, very, very few got them. Like, Mike got some and I was very excited for him. But very few people got the tickets. And then someone sent a note on Facebook and they were like, basically, all the tickets is on StubHub. Yeah. And that $55 ticket that got snatched out of my cart is on StubHub for $250. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I'm part of the Jam Fam movement on Facebook. And one girl put like a thing was like, I guess the second market was charging up to twenty two hundred for tickets. And she was like, uh, uh-uh, I can't I can't Mm-mm. do it. <laughs> she, well, listen, like, in the pre-sale, there was some tickets that was twenty two hundred dollars. So like it was weird. They weren't they were kind of releasing them weirdly. And what's funny is in the note. So they sent I told you they sent a thousand emails, but they sent <laughs> one that basically said the pre-sale was going to be two days. They sold out yeah. in one hour. Wow. And I can't even call it a four hour because at like 1045, I was like trying to give up because they're just every time I clicked on something, you couldn't do it. And then my thought was like, well, maybe they're releasing them in batches. So I should just try again. And like 11. And when I went on at 11, there was nothing. And then shortly thereafter, they sent an email that basically said the pre-sale is over. We sold out. But they were also selling these packages for tickets that weren't even on the floor that were like twenty two hundred dollars. $10,000. $10,000. Wow. And it was a t- one ticket. I was like, is this a box? Is this a suite? What is this? <laughs> no, it was, it was one ticket. I was going to say, is they selling lobster and steak and Girl. all that Mm-mm. stuff? It, it, I'm going to need a deed to the ocean for $10,000. <laughs> lobster is not going to get it. 
when you text me was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, wow. That's all I could say was wow. I mean, I have fully packed my patience because buying tickets is frustrating for me online anyway. So I like got up in the morning, gave myself a pep talk like it's going to be a good day. And then I had some other things to do. And so when the like, I'm glad I put it on my Outlook because when it popped up, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So I had to get myself in the zone like we going to get these tickets and. No, we didn't get them. You're a trooper because you're a trooper. <laughs> Let's talk about something else here. Let's. <laughs> I know you're not watching the NFL. You're still one of the very few <laughs> that are still sticking to the boycott of the NFL. But you also are, is a part of the troops that's rallying to make Super Bowl Sunday justice for Demita Joe. And I must say, I am gearing up my memes. <laughs> are you? <laughs> I already got my soldier boy meme ready. <laughs> Janet, <laughs> so I'm ready. <laughs> yes, yes. I do have a full confession to make. I did watch a game two weeks ago. What it, game was that? I want to say, who did the uh, Patriots play? Was it the Rams? No, the Patriots played Kansas City, and then before that, they played. Um, okay, then um, I saw. I saw who the Rams play. New Orleans, the I one with your mom. Yeah, your mom is still upset about that. You might want to hug your mother. <laughs> she, uh, you know she loved her on Drew Brees. Yeah, hug her. Look, I couldn't talk to her without her saying, you know I'm upset, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? You know they did my boys wrong. I'm like, who? Detroit ain't even. My saints. Like, Wait a minute. This was, this was yesterday? She's still mad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Girl, she okay. like Drew Brees is her child. You look her firstborn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, AT, <laughs> we just asked you to wear your favorite team t shirt. <laughs> I triggered something. <laughs> yes. Oh, so back to Justice for Demita Joe. <laughs> There's the push to get people to stream Demita Joe on Super Bowl Sundays, particularly because that is the album that was kind of stunted by the blackout that was enforced on Janet after that Super Bowl situation. So I actually was in the camp where I was trying to get folks to stream all night. I think it'll be easier to get that to chart and to get more people involved if we pick one song and just drive it into the ground. But I'm a Janet fan, so I'm a stream Demita Joe. Uh, like on my one account and I'm a stream all night on my other account and we just gonna stream everything everything see if we can get those numbers up because I really want her to get what she deserves and I feel like too she picked all night as the single for that album because it should have been a number one all night did make it to number one on the dance club charts even without radio support but it could have been a number one hot 100 single and so I would like to see it make it to number one. Oh, look at you. Look at Sister King of the Jam Fam. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so stream, stream, stream. Demita Joe all night. Super Bowl Sunday. You can start now if you want to. But Super Bowl Sunday for sure. <laughs> nah, because I got to get the Super Bowl party together. <laughs> it ain't for me and daddy, but still, I got to get it together. <laughs> oh. Oh, so let's talk a little bit about this masked singer. Um, Have you seen this TV show? I watched the first 30 minutes of the first episode because I was just like, I can't give y'all this right here. I done gave y'all too much. (laughs) 
Yeah, so it's a hit. I did not see this coming at all. Uh, <laughs> I watched maybe the first episode, and then for the most part, I've kind of been following it on social media. So I know the people who have been unmasked. I know who was on the show, and I've basically listened to every performance. But one of the things that keeps popping up is that people seem to think that Latoya Jackson is the alien. <laughs> I don't think she is, but it's because of the when they give the clues of the voice or is I mean, what makes I watched her perform. I can't even remember what song it was, but like before the performance, you know how they have the little speeches that they give or whatever. So like hers included like in my family, anonymity is a completely alien concept. And growing up in the public's eye, my life was never my own. I let others define me, but no one would ever control me again. And so that's what was said in the introduction for the alien. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, the and then that. when you look at her in the costume, it kind of looks like it could be her. Because I thought she was tall. And then one of the judges asked Nick Cannon, they was like, is the alien tall? He's like, no, she's really little. Oh. So I was like, okay. And then her speech pattern, you know, they kind of have a unique speech pattern. So even with <laughs> their voices disguised it's kind of different so i mean i was like no for sure like the first couple of weeks where people were saying it and then this last week i was like hey she was on big brother she could be under this mask <laughs> that's one thing i like about latoya she'll get a little job on the side somewhere <laughs> latoya will work okay she did that cop show you remember when she did training for the police force <laughs> was it her and the guy from chips yes I remember her on The Apprentice, which I oh, like. The Apprentice. <laughs> she, her, who was her Nene that got into it? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, Latoya would work, so I would not be surprised. She might be under Tuna masks. <laughs> she gonna, gonna get kicked off and still be on the show. <laughs> Look, get your money, honey, Toya. Do what you gotta do, girl. <laughs> right around Christmas time, I saw on her Insta. she was in, um, was it Spain? She was somewhere doing a Comic Con, and I'm like, Comic Con, ma'am. <laughs> what? I guess. Uh, uh-uh, I can't even explain right. it. I can't even make up nothing. <laughs> what? All right. So I got. I hate to bring this up because I know how you feel about this artist, but I do want to see get your opinion on it. As you know, Lifetime aired Surviving R. Kelly, and celebrities from lady gaga um she's one of the most noted ones celine dion they are pulling their music their the music that they work with r kelly from their streaming services and r kelly did work with janet jackson on the remix to anytime any place you want to kind of give your thoughts do i think she should remove anytime any place yeah the remix yeah um well i mean she could because it's terrible but <laughs> I thought I was the only one. I know that's not the reason we going for, but she could. oh my gosh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was like, I hate that remix. It's not good at all. I I was so frustrated when I bought the um, number one CD and I saw Anytime in the Place. I was like, cool, maybe it's just the shortened down version. And then when I heard prim 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 prim, I like, oh yeah. It's not great. It's not great at all. No. So she can pull it. <laughs> right. She can pull it. I think um, I think in the times that we're, we are in, she, I, I don't know. I'm torn because the reason why I struggle with um, Boo Boo Kelly is because 
She just gave him a new name, y'all. Boo Boo Kelly. <laughs> because his songs are mm-hmm. trophies about mm-hmm. his predatory criminal behavior. So this song was her song without him. Mm-hmm. And so I feel differently about it. But if it's giving him money, and I don't know that it is. Like, I don't know what kind of publishing rights he has to the song. No. He signed away all his publishing. Yeah, I'm like, if it's giving him money, pull it. Um, but if it's not giving him money... And it doesn't feel like it's definitely not a song like Age Ain't Nothing But a Number or Ignition or, you know, it seems like you're ready. All of those songs that he sang about his uh, criminal <laughs> behaviors. So I feel differently about those songs. Like even I feel like I don't want to hear it. But if I believe I could fly came on, like I wouldn't like jump out of a moving car or anything. But if it's played at the family reunion, I am going to act up like I'm going to get up and <laughs> misbehave. Uh, let me write that down. I, <laughs> I need to play a R. Kelly. Although I was going to play Happy People. Mm-mm. Let me t- take that off the list. No, Mrs. <laughs> DJ. No. Um, so, yeah, I just feel differently about because so, those songs are just like when you hear them, I can't think of anything. But, you know, this is a 35 year old man writing a song about wanting to have sex with a child. People say you can separate the art from the man. But in this case, you can't because the art is essentially trophies to the lives of women he has ruined. Now, I feel like they should pull it because I just don't like the song. I don't like the remix version. If it was Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone, you know, I would be more hesitant. When people ask me about him, I just say this. I I love R. Kelly, but I can't stand Robert. Robert is a pedophile. He's a jerk and he's an abuser. I'm one of those people that struggle with saying I can go without listening to some R. Kelly because R. Kelly came on my Pandora, which I know I'm probably only one person still listening to Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> but it came on my Pandora and I was just like, you know what? Ain't nobody gonna know. And I'll just start <laughs> blasting me some R. Kelly and I was singing hard. So they can pull it. Like and I I didn't think about the fact that, you know, he didn't write it for her. He just remixed it and added some keyboards some funky keyboards and put it out there so i like my original anytime in the place they can pull the remix that's how i feel <laughs> yeah i'm with you so we're talking about the lifetime series there's actually a documentary that's premiering at sundance on alleged sexual abuse that occurred at neverland and it's still uh, air later on on hbo and Michael Jackson fans, including me, myself, are outraged about about this coming out. And a lot of people are even trying to put Michael in the category of Boo Boo Kelly. Mm-mm. And so T.J. Jackson, who I thought was going to be my husband, has started a <laughs> GoFundMe. You really, really did. <laughs> yeah. That's before I knew who I was. But hey, for a second that me and TJ was going to get married. TJ Jackson, who I commend, he's the youngest son of Tito. He's actually starting a GoFundMe account so that he can produce a series about the truth about Michael Jackson. And just pretty much clear his name. Michael is not here to defend himself. Although he did defend himself in 2005 and was found not guilty. I personally am canceling my HBO (laughs) Mm. because I don't want to have no part of it. Um, I just think it's not I think it's not fair to Michael and his legacy, especially since it's shady to me. It It, is always it's just real shady and I don't trust it. 
I mean, especially since the accusers have already declared his innocence and yes, really went out of their way to declare his right. innocence and uh, to work with the estate and to continue to put themselves up to try to get jobs with the estate. And now to, um, I guess, after that didn't pan out, um, like, if you aren't going to pay me, then I'll get somebody else to pay me. And that seems like what's happening. And it's really upsetting for me for two reasons. You talked about the legacy and I want to come back to that. But the first reason it's really upsetting to me is, you know, I'm a person who's always believe the survivors, believe the survivors, believe the survivors. Mm -hmm. And when you have people who tell one story, recant, tell another story, recant and do that type of thing, it casts a cloud on all survivors. And that's what this right. guy, these accusers are doing. It makes it hard for others to be believed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the statistics say something like only 5% of folks who claim sexual assault are ever found to be dishonest. Mm -hmm. So most people who like file a police report about sexual assault when the investigation occurs, very few are found to be liars. And these guys were found to be liars. Right. So... There's that. But also, my other concern is the family, right? Like, Mike don't feel no pain. But now his family and those who love him have to relive this pain over and over again. Mm -hmm. And they have to be the ones left to defend his legacy. It's unfair to them. It's unfair that they have to take all of this energy and attention and time that they could be given to something else that they could be using to create or take care of their families or just whatever. It shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be that you have to fight to protect the legacy of someone who's already been exonerated. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So kudos to you for boycotting HBO. I don't have HBO. Maybe I should <laughs> sign up so I can cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they will charge you for a full month and them three days that you had HBO. Trust me, I've battled HBO. <laughs> Direct TV, nah, man, they get you, man. But yeah, I definitely, I will hope TJ gets the funds and I hope that he, you know, defends his uncle's name. And and TJ is just, a, he's just a cool dude. And I'm, I'm still single, TJ. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> now, let's talk about our song let's get to our song <laughs> we're doing pleasure principle oh. Oh. <laughs> yes the pleasure principle the pleasure principle was written by not Jimmy and Terry. <laughs> it was written by Monty Moore. And he was the Times keyboardist. Yes. And believe it or not, Pleasure Principle was the sixth a single from the album. Six. Right. In May 1987. <laughs> and it was the only song on the album that wasn't written by Jimmy and Terry. Which, as surprised as I am that they didn't you know, write or produce the song, the song still fixed the album. And... It's probably one of the most recognizable tracks off that album, too. I want to say that. Yeah. And which, like you said, th that it's so deep in the singles released and it's still so recognizable. It says a lot. And I think the sounds, because this song is like, it's every 80s thing ever. Jam and Lewis had a very unique way of recording in the 80s. And you could hear it. Like there's echoes on things and there's, 
uh, reverb and some things are distorted. And so because of that, it definitely ties the album together because it's all kind of recorded strangely. <laughs> but it just has a very unique sound. And I'm going to go on a limb and say, without doing a lot of research or a lot of introspection, Pleasure Principle might be my favorite 80s song. What? I know. Shocked me too. <laughs> we talking about the whole decade now. Listen, I know. I know. And I, that's just even just to get off the Janet album is tremendous. But I think... <laughs> I mean, I would have to sit down and maybe I will. I'm just going to like sit down and think about it. But I just can't think of anything that when it comes on still gives me the feeling that Pleasure Principle gives me. <laughs> like my whole body feels it. And I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, how songs can just put you in a place. And mm-hmm. I remember when I used to watch this video and try to do the dance, I was always at my other mother's house Um standing in front of her huge floor model television. And uh, so I can just remember that. So every time I hear this song, I kind of just go back to that place. And I think, yeah, 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 this might be it. (laughs) Now, according to Moore, and I quote, as the verses started to take shape, I've had to figure out what it is I was trying to say. I just stumbled into the title and Floridian concept of the pleasure principles and realized it fit. That's what he says, but when I hear this song, (laughs) Uh (laughs) but when you hear the song, this song, and I just declared it my favorite song of the eighties, of the eighties, it does not make a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's a story. Is it though? Tell me, say more. Because I feel like she's really, to me, when I when I listen to the song and hear and realize what the lyrics are saying, I feel like she's in a car with someone saying, hey, you know, this this right here ain't working. You think it's about material things and and you think it's about control, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm trying to tell you what I want. And, you know, especially when she says go left and i'm trying to tell you to go right it's like a story like we just not we're just not gonna work if i don't reap the benefits of this relationship if it's not what makes me happy that's what i get from i love it that is fantastic i'm gonna take your word for it because i mean they was bowing out on the town and then they was in a limousine (laughs) then they was in a taxi i was like first of all this is a lot of modes of transportation (laughs) i don't know what's happening (laughs) These are very different modes of transportation. (laughs) And I guess because when I listen, when I'm in the car, because I have like a 45 minute drive commute to work. So people like you drive that far. But I tell people all the time when I'm in the car, I de-stress and I start thinking about things. So I start replaying stuff in my mind and I could see how, okay, Jen is like, look, you know what? We need to talk while we trying to get to where we trying to get to. (laughs) There's some stuff that I need to get off my chest. (laughs) Yes. I'll take it. I will take it. Because, I mean, overall, I think the song is saying exactly what you said, which is, I mean, overall, and not because, because when you read the lines together, Mm -hmm. all of them together don't make sense. But if you pull out a couple pieces, like you can piece the story together. Like, you know, it's, it's basically she's saying like, 
even the opening, like my favorite line is, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm serious. And then she says, it's better, you know, now. And I'm like, right. yeah. So that's like when you at that point in the relationship where you like you think it's working and you're giving it time. But then you realize <laughs> this likely isn't going to work. So let me just float this out here. Let me, let me run this by you real quick. Right. Tell, me, tell, me what you, tell me what you think about this. Right. <laughs> this isn't exactly working for me. <laughs> you know, when, when I was writing in my journal about my perfect relationship, right. this is how it was going. <laughs> Right, right. And she's like, but, I thought this was it. Because she says what I thought was happiness was only part-time bliss. It was like, yeah, I thought this was it. And this ain't it, Chief. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to get that pleasure principle right, right now. <laughs> and I don't think you fit the equation. Yes, yes. I was like, I mean, so if you take some of the pieces, but then there's like, they're trying to force this imagery of this <laughs> ride, <laughs> this intermodal trip. <laughs> I don't understand. Like the parts that we all know. Of course, we all know. You might think I'm crazy, but I'm serious. Right. What I thought was happening was only part-time bliss. Like those parts that stick out make sense. And if you just uh -huh. put them all together, it makes sense. But yeah, there's a lot of other stuff in here. Like, oh, my meter's running, so I got to go now. Her patience. <laughs> is running low <laughs> <laughs> you're really doing this i think you out of the song whisperer because yes you're really helping this you're really helping this make more sense for me it didn't matter to me though that it made zero sense at all because i love it you anyway. was in love with <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the funny thing is this is one of them songs i'm like if it's on i play it if not i'm just like okay it's pleasure principle i'll sing the chorus and keep moving man <laughs> I don't even understand that sentiment. <laughs> I mean, see, because this is your song. This is your favorite song of the 80s. Listen, when this song come on, do not talk to me. Like, I cannot discuss anything unless you or I are actively on fire. There are flames, not just smoke. Do not talk to me while this song is on. What if I'm choking? Are you at least going to pat my back while I'm, the song on? I'm going to be honest. I'm probably not going to notice because I'm going to be on my five-minute vacation with the Pleasure Principle. Yes, this is a long song. I want to say so that. It is so long. <laughs> That's why it's a story because it's long. It's long. So really, we talked about the Pleasure Principle and Monty Moore saying that when he was writing this song, it just fit. It doesn't. But anyhow, the Pleasure Principle, according to Freud, is really just the instinctive seeking of pleasure and avoiding of pain um, in order to satisfy biological and psychological needs. Specifically, pleasure principle is the driving force basically behind people's actions and behind your subconscious, really. So I was like, okay, I mean, if you want to say that's what this song is about, you wrote it, I'm going to let you have it. I got the feeling they may have been smoking on a little la-la <laughs> when they asked them that. He was like, you know what? I just thought about yeah. it. <laughs> But anyway, it goes. It's a deep song. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And then we talked about, you know, there are some really great lines. But one of the things that was hilarious that I had never even thought about was mm -hmm. there's this book called Totally Awesome 80s, A Lexicon of Music. And the author, Matthew Retma, he notes that Janet Jackson is the only person who could stretch the word principle into nine syllables. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I tried this. I was. I'll be honest. I, was, I did too. I sang it out loud and he's not wrong. 
came up with seven. No, so. he is not wrong. <laughs> Pleasure principle. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Nine. Pleasure <laughs> principle. Oh, <laughs> my bad. That's why the song was so long. She make it two syllable words in the nine syllables. <laughs> she was prolonging our joy, so I appreciate yes. it. But yeah. one thing about this song that's interesting to me is that if you have the single, so I, I accidentally have the 45 for wow. the Pleasure Principle. Late night eBay, things happen. Um, <laughs> it's not like you had a glass of and wine it, and went oh when it came <laughs> you know I flipped the thing over and I'm like Fast Girls is the B-side oh right like why y'all still trying to force this song on us we didn't like it on Dream Street <laughs> they trying to make it like it but yeah I, I thought it was really interesting that they put it on the Pleasure Principle it was the sixth single. It's probably only eight tracks on control. Yeah. What do you do? You're right. They probably used all the other songs on the previous five singles. And looking at the album sales, they're like, nobody remembers Dream Street. Let me go put it right there. You are absolutely right. Now we got to talk about the iconic video of Pleasure Principle. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I have so many questions. So, oh. so many. But I would, I would let you finish. <laughs> but let me just say this. I do feel like this may have been one of the best videos of the day. And I can watch the video forever. The song, mm, whatever. But Janet busts a move in this video. <laughs> Did you... Did you really yeah. young MCS? <laughs> yeah. He should have had a better career. But anyway, <laughs> Pleasure Principal was directed by Dominique Cena. And it's the first video where Janet appears alone. Like, she didn't even have a crew. She was like, I'm so bad. I don't need no crew. So this video is the one where she has, I'm calling it the impromptu solo dance rehearsal. And this video has it all. Like, <laughs> for a video that is just a woman walking and dancing, this video has it all. It's got, like, the jumping off of the chair, the yes! kick with the microphone stand, where she, like, kicks it down and brings it back up. It's got the broken mirror routine. Man, yes! she, she had the best feather cut of the 80s. Like, nobody yes! had a better feather cut. She had Except the Heather Lockler. <laughs> Heather Lockler had a good, good oh, feather cut. Oh, she did. Cut. Yeah, it was... <laughs> But it wasn't quite. Still, nobody had a better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good, but it wasn't better. Um, she had the knotted shirt. She had the belt tied in the knot. You know what's funny? I don't know if you remember when Marlon Jackson was on Arsenio Hall. <laughs> Doing that single. I can't remember the name of it. It was a girl I want your body. No, that was oh, no. Jackson's song, which was my jam. Um, no, but this was like either dance tonight no that's freddie jackson um <laughs> you picking out every jackson it was but... it was something with dance was in the title anyway it's not important <laughs> not important the point she tried is to tell you a story. he had his belt in a knot on that performance as well and i was like is this a jackson family trait well she did do the iconic grab another crotch in the video she does that in the video as well so like all of these are very jackson-y things because the jacksons like we remember michael's crotch grabbing but they they did a lot of crotch grabbing yeah gotta make sure it's there the victory tour is just mostly crotch grabbing <laughs> and sweat 
in sequence. So that's the whole tour. Like, if you've never seen it, we just described the whole tour. And we also got to talk about these jeans. Janet danced. <gasps> danced yes. in those black guest jeans. And yes. these was 80s jeans. You know how stiff jeans were in the 80s? <laughs> I need to understand how she was flossing and flexing like this <laughs> in those jeans. Them jeans let us know Janet had a dump. Yes. Them jeans was screaming for mercy. And she worked <laughs> for mercy. every inch. Let's talk about the space because we just jumped right into it. The most iconic thing about the video is that she's in this warehouse space. Right. There's the classic cars, the statues, and the broken mirrors. There's a lot of stuff in this space. And that's one of my questions. You know, I had many. Um, what is this space zoned for? Like, it's got a full living room, like someone lives there, but the kitchen only has a champagne bottle and water. <laughs> then there's a lamp in the center of the dining room table. Nobody got a lamp in the center of the dining room table. And... It's on the switch. So she don't even got to touch the lamp. It's on the wall switch. What is this space? Okay, you ready? Because I got the answer. Please, please. Is somebody's man cave or she shed? This is a yeah. huge she shed. It's a huge she shed or a man cave. Because, you know, that's your spot where you don't need a whole lot. You just need peace and some light. <laughs> Apparently, you just need... Water and champagne and some broken mirrors. Yes. Whoever would have a space like this definitely has bought and sold a stolen painting. No doubt. But I just think that my favorite part of the whole video is when she climbs over the chair and does that chair flip. Because at first she like, I don't want this chair. Then she's like, oh, I could use this chair. Let me climb on top of it and knock it down. Right. It's a love-hate relationship with the chair right now. The chair was like, what I do to y'all? <laughs> the chair also gives us one of the best bloopers. I think it was the Lady of Soul Awards. Maybe the Soul Train Awards. She got some kind of award and they did a blooper reel. And in it, there's a couple clips from Pleasure Principle. But my favorite, and I hate to say my favorite because she looked like she was about to die. <laughs> but, but when she's doing the part where she jumps on the chair and kind of rides it to the floor... Like she lost her balance and just goes stumbling forward. But that's just a reminder of like how effortless and flawless this whole thing looks. It was work. Like I remember her saying that I think the video was supposed to take one day and it ended up taking three days mm -hmm. because she was saying like they were going to try to finish it. on, But she was just too tired. So they ended up coming back for another day. But this video is amazing. I have so many favorite parts. What's your favorite part? Favorite part is the chair and the fact that she does the prep <laughs> because I forgot about the prep. <laughs> but I forgot how iconic that little move was. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember you managed you mentioned Soul Train. I'm thinking, how many times did I see the prep on <laughs> Soul Train? Mm -hmm. But that was the move. And then, of course, the, when she takes the jacket off and she's just like swinging she was it. Angry I angry mean, with that jacket, too. Right. But I think what I love most about this video is the fact that this was the video that Janet proved to me that she was coming for a spot next to Michael. Because when I tell you she danced and and she moved and she put so much energy as to say, y'all think control and what have you done for me lately was was it just wait to what's coming. I mean, her dance moves. Do you know how many people have tried to copy right. <laughs> the energy 
of this video. I mean, she put in work. She did. Hands down. She did. My favorite part of the video is when she's dancing between the cars. And <laughs> I like it because it's so cute. Like she dances out of the frame. And then a few <laughs> seconds later, she dances back into the frame. And I was like, I just love that. And I also love for reasons unknown. You know, the part where she's like holding her hand just above her head. And she's like yes. giving you the neck row. I don't know yes. why. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, she still kind of had her baby face in this video. She absolutely did. With them cheeks, girl. Um, So we got to talk about these dances. So the video surprisingly to me was choreographed by Barry Lather. So he, Barry Lather danced on the TV series fame. Um, and he also was in a couple of Janet's videos, nasty. And then when I think of you, he also choreographed Janet's performance on the American music awards and the Grammy awards in 1987. And let me stop you right there because here's the thing. Those performances, particularly American music awards and the Grammys. And of course, you know, pleasure principle is my favorite video of the 80s mm-hmm. i know nobody told me a lie but i feel like i've been lied to my whole life <laughs> why is that all of these moments are my favorite Dana jackson moments and i was attributing them to paul abdul when really it's barry lather <laughs> barry lather has choreographed all of my favorite Dana jackson moments and i didn't even know <laughs> i'm sorry barry you give paula too much credit <laughs> clearly i mean paula was great but i just really these are these are my favorite moments. Like, of course, I love Nasty. Of course, I love what have you done for me lately. But they don't hold a candle to those awards performances or, or Pleasure or just, Principle. And right. they were great. Mm-hmm. They were great. But Barry, she, he showed out on this one. And a little fun fact about him is he actually worked with Mike in the short film for Ghosts. And he also was in Captain EO. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, dude's been around. Like, I read that he... Directed tours for Rihanna and Mariah Carey. And I know he's done a lot of award show performances. I know he did one for Usher. So I'm just like, dude really did that. And he did it in secret. Like, usually we know folks work for (laughs) Janet. And obviously this was control and it didn't have a tour attached. And maybe that's why. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we know more about Janet's working staff than I do about most other performers. Because she's really intent about bringing them to the forefront. Mm-hmm. But this dude just, he just been floating out there in the background, just killing it. Yes. This video actually inspired a lot of artists. One of the first videos that come to mind that I feel like was inspired by this Pressure Principle video is Kanye West Faded. It's so many similarities as far as the dance moves, the energy. I really, for a second there, didn't know it was a Kanye West song that's funny <laughs> yeah because i was so focused on um tiana i yes. am going to confess that i have never seen that video what mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i don't really fool with kanye but when it debuted twitterverse youtube everybody just was they were talking about her i mean i don't even know how you missed it <laughs> because- i vaguely remember this but literally if kanye is in the sentence i just don't even finish reading it Like, once I hit that word, I just stop and go to the next thing. (laughs) Okay. So, as your cousin, I need you to do me this one favor. I need you just to YouTube it and watch it. You could turn the sound off because it's him (laughs) rapping. But just turn the sound off and watch Homegirl work. I mean, I mean, she, when I say she sweats, she sweats. Like Debbie Allen said, you're going to (laughs) sweat. 
Yes, I'll do that. I will do that for you. But there's a couple other videos, too. So, like, Cassie's Me and You, uh, Britney Spears, Stronger, uh, Electric City by Silk City, uh, and uh, uh, I think Dua Lipa is in that video. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, like, this video from, what, 1987, 1986 is still the blueprint. Like, people are still trying to make this video in 2018. And I'm not mad at him. But the only thing is, when you do something like this or pay homage to Jan- Janet with this, you know, by to this video, either it can fall flat or it can be newsworthy and, you know, Twitter-worthy and YouTube-worthy. It'd be trending. But if you don't nail it, sometimes it just looks like you impersonate. I haven't seen anybody, but I'm going to say that they're all impersonating. <laughs> you can't, you can't do this. Like, it's so good. I don't think you could do it again. And also, you know, I still believe that only bad things should be remade. I feel like <laughs> stop remaking good things. Like, we're satisfied with the product that we have. You don't have to do it again. Also, this is for the movie industry as well. Like, um. remake something terrible. You know, like, <laughs> give, so you wouldn't, give it a second shot. So you weren't cool when they remade Annie. <laughs> I didn't think it was necessary. So the only reason I will give it to them and like you could add a new dimension to add Annie is because they added, you know, diversity to Annie. And so I appreciate that. So they added a dimension that it was missing. But most of these things we remaking, we just remaking them to remake them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Only bad things need to be remade. <laughs> so let's talk about the live performances. I know you were uh, scouting, trying uh, to find them. Oh, man. I was trying to find just a standalone performance of Pleasure Principle. And I couldn't find one. Mm. And the one clip I thought I had was actually from the Rhythm Nation tour. So I was like, bummer. So I was a little disappointed about that because I was like, I wouldn't mind seeing how she would have, you know, her stage presence with this. But she did bring it um, during the Rhythm Nation tour. So I was, you know, I was cool with it. But I just didn't see any performances. I mean, I was like, maybe there's a Tokyo performance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe she went overseas somewhere and found one. You from but, Japanese mm-mm. YouTube trying to find it. I feel you because I have always felt a little cheated that she did not do this as a solo performance on her tours. And I know, like, it's not reasonable to expect her to nail this start to finish. Mm -hmm. But I always felt like she could have gave us, like, a solid minute of solo pleasure principle. This is the most iconic video she has as far as dance performance by herself. And even mm-hmm. she has called the pleasure principle her favorite video. Now she says it's her favorite because of the response it's gotten from the public. So I don't know if it's her favorite favorite or like they like it. So I like it too. Um, <laughs> but I feel like a little small recreation of even just a minute, two minutes of this song would be amazing um we're not going to expect her to like backflip off a trunk but any portion like the portion where she's standing between the cars or anything was it unbreakable or was it state of the world that she used the light box and she kind of did some of the moves in the box yeah, i know it wasn't on the unbreakable tour because i remember that performance. okay so state of the world tour she brought this light box and she did like 25 seconds of it and not even like any of the, s- the 
super difficult portions. <laughs> but when I tell you I lost my mind because it was just so good to see her do that. And it's still my favorite part. Like when I saw her the second time. So, you know, I saw her in Detroit. And then when I saw her in Charlotte. I saw them like moving it in position. I was telling everybody on my road, like, this is my part. This is my part. <laughs> this is my part. Pay attention. <laughs> Trying to tell you something. Pay attention. Pay attention because you're going to miss it because it's like 40 <laughs> seconds. But yes, like, this is my part. So, yeah, I, 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 I wished and I still wish that uh, we could get a full performance of Pleasure Principle. And she's performed this song on, you know, pretty much all her tours, but it's always like in a control melody, you know. When I saw it on the Unbreakable tours, when I really appreciate how much people love this song, because when she, she only did like maybe a minute of it, but when she did this break and the whole crowd knew the words, I looked around, I was like, oh, this y'all jam, huh? <laughs> I don't know how they know all them nonsense words because I know I don't. <laughs> it's not nonsense. <laughs> it's still my favorite song. <laughs> I need you to meditate <laughs> with me. Meditate. Wait, there was a good live performance of Pleasure Principle. Didn't she do it on the Billboard Music Awards? Yes, as a part of a control melody. Medley, yeah. yeah, she does that yeah. a lot. But I thought it was pretty good on there. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give her her props. But yeah, she really hasn't given us what we need for Pleasure Principle. We don't want a full troop of dancers behind you. We don't want that, ma'am. We need. <laughs> I don't even care how simple it is. You could just do calisthenics. <laughs> but we need a solo <laughs> dance performance for the Pleasure Principle. Jenna said, "The way my body set up right now, <laughs> she could do it." No, I have no doubt that physically she could do it. And I'm not asking, like I'm not a moron. I'm not asking for her to do the 1987 all out. No, that's silly and ridiculous. But she could give us a solo performance, even if it only contains a few of the moves from that video. Yeah. So Pleasure Principle has also given us some pretty spectacular tributes. It seems like whenever anyone does a tribute for Janet, Pleasure Principle is in the mix. Right. And the first person that comes to mind for me is Maya from the MTV Icon in 2001. To me, she's still she's still the best with, as far as tributes. I know you may have someone else in mind but to me i think maya still plays in my head i'm gonna be honest i barely remember maya like from that night i remember usher i remember um pink Pink. of course and maya and i'm sure maya was fantastic because she's a great dancer but i really can't remember (laughs) but who i do remember is normani from the bmi awards I thought she had the look. I thought she sounded good. I thought, I mean, I thought she just did a really, really, really good job. As good as you can expect someone to do Janet Jackson. And I will give her her props because when you watch the rewatch the video, she's actually singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know it took some work because I think she had that little stumble on the chair part, but she didn't let that throw her off. Like she got right back into it and she was doing it. And I was like, yeah, girl, I want to give you something. I don't have anything to give you, but I want you to have something. So, you know, I appreciate you. I'm going to give you a stream. Right. I'm going to stream your album, girl. Just because you were professional. And- yeah, so let's talk about these charts. So awards and charts for um, Pleasure Principle were really not as plentiful as I would have thought, but I think because 
Again, it was so deep in the album. Yeah. It, it was so deep that it was nominated for Best Single Female at the 1988 right. so, the 1988 Awards. <laughs> this album came out in 1986. <laughs> I never understood why Soul Train was always so <laughs> far behind, but the 88. <laughs> it, it, it just, I, can I just add on to it? Because Pleasure Principle reached number one on the Hot Dance Music Club Play chart in 96 and <laughs> so it was number one in 87 and it was nominated for best single in 1998 <laughs> Soul Train <laughs> listen Soul Train was doing what they could <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the cool thing about the Pleasure Principle so you just said it reached number one on the hot dance charts but it mm-hmm. was dethroned by Diamonds the song yes. that she did I don't even know if she's listed. She might be uncredited on that song with Herb Albert. One of my gems. I love that, that song. That is a gem of a song. I love it. I love oh, that I love song it. as a child. And, and I remember distinctly that video with her. Like, you don't know. You know it's her, but you don't know it's her because you never see her face. Never. <laughs> <laughs> and when it finally at the end, it's like a little, like a little kid. And you're like, that's not Janet. <laughs> Yeah, so that was cool, though. Um, Both singles actually topped the charts within weeks of each other on the R&B charts as well. That's cool. And another thing we should say is, too, it peaked at number 14 on the Hot 100, and it stayed on the charts for 18 weeks. Now, I hate to say this, but in August of 1987, it dethroned Alexander O'Neill fake, which was my jam, as the new number one on the R&B charts written by Jimmy Jam. And Terry Lewis. Yeah. So, like, I love that she was taking herself down with uh, Herb Albert. And then she took Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis down with uh, Alexander O'Neill. Alexander O'Neill's fake. And people don't realize he's from Natchez, Mississippi. So, we, I know. Natchez, Mississippi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Na- ain't too much stuff come out of Natchez. <laughs> so, in 1998... <laughs> Janet did win Best Choreography for um, an MTV Music Award, and she was nominated for Best Female Video, but she did not win. Don't say Madonna beat her. Please don't say Madonna beat her. (laughs) It was Luca Susan Vega. Who? One of those things where it's like all the time when you go back and see who actually beat Janet in these categories, you like, they didn't, they didn't make it. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's, that's all I got to say about that. So really, that's it for Pleasure Principle. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> so you skipped the syllable. You cheated the nine. <laughs> Golly. Uh, uh. I watch. I'm going to be singing it all weekend. Yes, because it's uh. <laughs> oh, But you know, one more thing about the Pleasure Principle. Was it that the name of the lingerie line that seemed to have a commercial but no lingerie? Really? Don't you remember in 2008, she was doing the lingerie line? And I remember seeing pictures of models and there was like a shoot for the lingerie uh, promo. But I don't remember ever seeing any lingerie. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> she could have been Rihanna before Rihanna. Mm-hmm. She could <laughs> Oh, Jenny, we got to revisit that. Rihanna killing it. She is. That, I ain't mad at it. Oh. Uh, 
Mm. Yeah, we got to talk to Janet's people about that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and it'll come with a single. <laughs> with any time, any place, and fast girls on the other side. You going to get fast girls? <laughs> Your free down, your free digital download with this bra. All right. <laughs> Wait a minute, you coughing already. Let me get a little water. Coughing a cuss. I don't like to I was fine before I went to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Do we need to scream again? <laughs> no, I'm good.